1: hello guys welcome to the health and wellness connection podcast this is your host dr barrys very excited to come to you today with some awesome and entertaining news Uh, of course you know our focus here on the show is to bring to you some of the latest information regarding health and wellness everything research-based so that you can really have that you know have the info so you can make good decisions so you can maximize your health and wellness so that being said, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thanks for all the people participating and checking out the show, guys. Um, definitely, um, you know, we'd love to hear feedback from all those who are out here uh, checking out what we have to offer. Please check send your emails to drberryhealth at gmail.com. And um, we'll let you know that we do have some exciting things on the horizon, guys. Stay tuned for some very huge announcements. Uh, we are, um some partnerships, interviews we got coming up. So please uh, keep abreast of what we are bringing because it's coming in hot. So, all right, so we're gonna jump right into it. Um, this week we got a few pretty good articles. We're gonna do some recaps as well, especially when it comes to sleep and you know why it's so important and some new developments you're learning about sleep and how it may be um, you know an uh, important way to maintain your emotional health. But we'll talk more about that here in a bit. First things first, let's do an update on our old favorite COVID-19, yes, um, the dreaded COVID-19. It's still a thing. And uh, actually, before we go into that, I have to say one thing. People are harassing me, the producers harass me. Please, guys, if you want to support the show, we encourage you to donate. So we do have a cash app that we're using to, um, you know, you know, help raise money so we can help, uh, you know, finish up the studio as well as get some of these things taken care of that we can help bring some of the visuals to you guys, um, editors and all that stuff. Um, please send uh, any donations for the show to um dollar sign dr barry health that's d-r-b-a-r-y-h-e-a-l-t-h uh yeah so uh, very important so please support and we're going to talk more about the money which is part of part of the show as well we talk about some of the billions that are being generated um, by companies that are doing the COVID um response as far as creating some of the medications and you know kind of seeing how they may have affected some of the messaging but either way let's jump back into the info so again so today uh, i want to talk briefly about again covid 19 as far as how the virus is progressing there is concern that there is a surge going on currently uh during the summer months of this 2022 um it's interesting because i know personally i've seen more patients in the emergency room um, with covid the good news is that the people that i've been seeing in my little small group they're all been fairly mild as far as symptoms are, are are concerned Um, I have seen a lot of people who've been fully vaccinated as well, um, coming in with symptoms. So it's definitely showing that this new variant, which is believed to be the Omicron variant. Um, you know, the vaccine isn't doing the best job in keeping people, you know, from getting sick from it, but it seems overall, the variant is not, you know, very, very deadly like the previous ones before it. So, um, some good and bad news, I guess there, if you, if you could say that, but, um, overall, you know, there is a, you know, a surge going on currently that is believed. Um, to be giving uh, increased pressure to the hospitals and healthcare care systems um, across the globe. So it's believed this new surge is due to a new variant of the Omicron uh, COVID-19 virus called the BA5. So, uh, you know, there's so many variants and so many different subs, sub variants of this vaccine. And this shows you how, you know, volatile this vac- this uh, DNA is of this vaccine. Uh, um, pathogen is COVID-19, it mutates regularly. This is why it's been difficult for researchers to create effective uh, vaccinations and treatments to keep it from getting people sicker. Um, Now we'll talk about some new developments and new uh, medications and uh, prescriptions that have been designed um, to help fight COVID, which could help combat some of these mutations we're known COVID to be doing. So hopefully um, that could be um, an effective way to combat this virus. Now, that being said, it appears that this, um, you know, new variant is really causing a surge for the July period. It's noted that there's been a about an eight percent jump in new cases. It's believed that currently there are about a hundred thousand people a day getting positive diagnoses of COVID-19 infection. That number has been increasing over the past uh, few days, and uh, people who have been hospitalized has also gone up about 17%. It's believed about 37,000 people a day are being hospitalized behind a COVID-19 related infection. So um, it's believed that this is happening because of, especially in the United States, there was a July 4th celebration recently where people were out and about hanging out and mostly outdoors, but because COVID is so contagious, um, it still can spread fairly effectively outdoors along as people are around each other in a close setting. So um, it's funny that, you know, and you see how the politics has really kind of affected policy regarding COVID-19, especially when it comes to masks. Um, I think that if people were probably wearing masks, we probably would be seeing less of a bump. But, you know, people have turned masks wearing into some sort of assault on <laughs> people's civil liberties. So that, uh, you know, became an issue in its own right. But that being said, um, it appears that, you know, when we usually in the, in the health industry, which I've been a part of for you know, a while now, um, the summertime is usually the, the slow period. People are usually, you know, less things being scheduled. Um, hospitals are usually a little bit slower. ERs will be usually a little bit slower. Um, definitely not the case this year uh, as we see busier and busier hospital settings. Um, and it just shows, you know, the, the virulence of this uh, virus. And even though Omicron is a little bit milder than the previous variants, it's still sick enough that it's affecting, you know, how people are moving about and, and connecting their daily life. So. So that being said, so the, the virus is still a thing. And so of course, you know, there's been a lot of work on the research side to try and develop effective treatments for this um, virus vaccine. Now, there has been, you know, one medication prescription pill that has been fairly effective in, um, well, there's research showing that it's been effective as far as helping reducing symptoms and reducing the severity of symptoms for people who get um, the COVID-19 infection. That uh, medication is known as Paxlovid. Paxlovid um, was created by Pfizer, COVID-19 antiviral pill that is um, supposed to help reduce the virus's ability to infect the cells of the body. Um, It actually works pretty sophisticated levels, a combination of two pills. One of them actually was a um, generic HIV uh, uh, retroviral medication. And so apparently these medications, you know, basically affect the virus's ability to replicate and infect cells, thereby reducing the infection. You can, there's a similar one that exists currently for the flu, known as Tamiflu, and that actually has a similar concept. The whole point of these medications and similar antivirals is that you must take them early in the infectious process. So usually within five days after symptoms begin, for you to get the biggest, you know, improvement in symptoms. Now. Um, some people are saying that these pills are, are, are effective. Some people are saying that they're not as effective, and you know, people can't rely on these to help them if they get COVID. But um, you know, the research is showing some um, effectiveness. There, there was one study that showed about eighty percent of people who took the, this medication um, reported reduced symptoms after uh, a few days of taking the medication, um, and so it's it's pretty. Um, you know, um, the research is showing enough positive information that many people, including the U.S. government, are actually, you know, buying the medication, making it available. It's actually currently um, free to anyone in the United States if there is a pandemic or a medical emergency going on in your area. So, you know, a lot of support for this Paxlovid. Which is, um, which is big. But now there's another thing going on that people are sometimes getting that. there's been some concern, and that is that this paXlovid now is now being allowed to be prescribed directly by pharmacists to the public, therefore bypassing the doctor. Now, you know as a physician, you know personally, I have some personal issues with that as far as you know, people making clinical decisions. Um, and we all know that healthcare is a very um, nuanced, kind of tricky. Profession, So you have to be kind of careful, just, you know, you know, pushing people toward, you know, taking the medication directly. Um, Many people now, you know, COVID is now the new boogie. (laughs) It's now the new boogie, uh, illness, meaning that people think everything is COVID now, you know, and like in Nigeria, where, where my, my, my family's from, big thing down there is malaria. Now, obviously, you know, malaria there is very prevalent and uh, it's definitely responsible for a lot of uh, death. Um, and so because of that paranoia, everything is like attributed to malaria. And that's kind of similar to what you're seeing here in the United States, as far as COVID-19 being, you know, the thing that everyone's worried about, even if it's something even more serious, you know, they're like oh, covid 19, Oh my God, is it this, or are we want to, you know, they're very paranoid when it comes to COVID-19 and, um, the issues and the infection with it. So that being said, um, people believe that, you know, with the pharmacists now being allowed to give this prescription medication antiviral Paxlovid directly to patients it could cause potential overuse and over over um, over 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 amazing overuse of the medication Um, and that's something that it despite that though the government of the federal um, drug uh, administration is is pushing for this to happen because they want to they believe this will help keep people out of the hospital and kind of bypassing the health um, the, the physician could be a way to get these pills in hands to help people get access to it if they so you know like it. Now, um, ultimately, we all know that you know you know healthcare in in the West is very big on pills. So I'm sure there will be some fans, and uh, I think this can definitely though be effective. But you know, I personally do believe that the most effective way you know is traditional mask wearing, keeping your distance six feet or greater, avoiding those who are ill. Um, which would we, well, what we hope we don't see is people popping a pill and heading out and they're still actively sick, shedding the virus. So, you know, this could potentially create bad behaviors, which could actually prolong, um, you know, the infection as well as promote, you know, spreading it to other people because if people are out and about because they feel a little better, but they're still very infectious, it could cause, you know, the, the infection to spread uh, more, you know, you know, more quickly, actually. So, um, with that being said, so Paxlovid is now going to be directly available at your pharmacies, guys. So, um, if you choose to take uh, the prescription medication as Paxlovid, and again, it's you know definitely has shown uh, in, in studies to be effective. So, you know, if you have confirmed COVID, meaning you've taken a positive test and it came back positive, and you feel terrible and you really you know are, are under the weather, or you're high risk um, patient, um, that's something that I think should be considered. And now you don't even have to go to your, your doctor, you just go straight to the, to the pharmacy and they'll give it to you, you know, so. But of course, if you have any issues, you know, always go to your local emergency room or call your local physician and, and get more clarification. Again, this is not, um, you know, medical advice. This is something that just information I'm providing. But ultimately, you know, you should definitely speak with your clinicians if you think Paxlovic would be something you may um, uh, would like to use if you have a confirmed case of COVID-19. Now, okay. So, enough about COVID. Let's talk about another virus that's terrorizing the landscape at least in the Western world now. And that is monkeypox. Now, monkeypox is a virus that, you know, has been around for a while, um, especially in in the Western African region. Um, even there it's where it's endemic, meaning that it's found commonly in Various uh, rodents and different, uh, you know, primates and so forth. It's not very prevalent. Um, I personally have been out to West Africa uh, many times, and I don't think I can recall someone I know who may have had monkeypox. But again, that doesn't mean that obviously it does exist, which it very well does. But you know, it's interesting because now there's an, uh, an outbreak going on. Um, now, definitely nowhere near on the level of COVID-19. Um, monkeypox is something that it's a little bit harder to to um, transmit. It actually requires extremely close contact um, uh, with um, persons to other persons. um, And this is usually how the virus is spread. You have to actually technically be very close to the individual who has the infection. And if the scabs or the other wounds that typically this virus infection creates in those who are infected, um, they come in close contact with another person um, for extended periods of time. Um, this is usually how the virus is spread. Now, because of this this requirement, typically you see it in folks who have been pretty intimate with one another, you know, kissing, you know, people who are rubbing on one another. So, you know, moral of the story is, guys, be please, please be careful who you rub up on. <laughs> now, hopefully, in this pandemic, you know, people rubbing on one another is something that's, you know, kind of shied of, frowned upon, but apparently not because. Various areas are seeing outbreaks, and it's believed that there's some close, passionate rubbing going on to kind of create the the, the scenario for the monkeypox to spread. It was a recent outbreak, actually, that happened here in Texas. Uh, I think we talked about it was at a, a bathhouse in Dallas, Texas. Now, um, you know, because monkeypox is required to you know really close contact, um, you know, clearly there was some you know rubbing going on at the bathhouse, so. Uh, all my people who go to bathhouses you know no disrespect but just you know be careful who you rub up (laughs) on it's very important that you you know take precautions because monkeypox while not extremely deadly i think it's reported about a four percent mortality rate um, it can cause quite a bit of symptoms including um, headaches you know dizziness, weakness Um, people some people report neurological symptoms as well um Thankfully, it is self-limiting, meaning that symptoms will improve usually with just supportive therapy. Um, but again, because of this outbreak, we all know what the next step is. That is vaccination, of course. <laughs> so, as of course you know, because of this outbreak, we, we we see going on, which you know is relatively small. We have a few hundred here. I think the one that was um, that happened a few last month at a festival in um, Spain. I think. Um, uh, and uh, people were again rubbing on each other before you know it, the outbreak happened. It was about a few hundred people, but ultimately the, there definitely was vaccine monkeypox being spread. So WHO was, was called upon to look at, you know, the actual people and, and the actual, you know, spreading of this illness and were asked to determine whether or not a, a world global uh, emergency needed to be declared to make sure that resources started, could be mobilized for this uh, vaccine response. Now, you know, they did this a few weeks ago and they looked at the the spread of the monkeypox, whether or not it was necessary. They declined to do so as far as making it a public health emergency at that time. And, um, but now they're being called again to look at it. And, you know, some people are saying, hey, you know, is it really necessary to make this a pandemic? Because, you know, it's pretty hard for this thing to spread very quickly, Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when people, when there's a pandemic, you know, some people do get you know, advantages <laughs> and that is, you know, something we'll talk about later as well, but it's believed that, you know, the concern for these global emergency declarations leads to increased money, increased funding, increased attention. And of course that's when people would come and profit. So I think that's un- unfortunately, what's probably generating a lot of this controversy, if you will. But, you know, now, you know, they say the monkeypox is about 6,000 cases recorded in about 60 countries. So, again, pretty minor compared to the what we described, 100,000 a day in the U.S. alone for COVID-19. But that being said, there's still a big push to get a vaccine created to help people um, who have the monkeypox and prevent people from getting monkeypox, especially those who are in high-risk communities. So, um, that being said... um, a lot of work now is being done to help create effective vaccines for the monkeypox, and now they're determining whether or not these things need to be pushed out um, throughout the globe. And some companies are already getting on that. Um, one company known as Gyneos is actually, you know, creating a monkeypox vaccines and making them available to people in the United States who want them. And so I think this could be, you know, something that if people if there's increasing numbers, we'll probably start hearing more about the vaccines um, as well as the need for potential, you know, administration of the monkeypox vaccine in high-risk populations. So, you know, monkeypox is something that, you know, is definitely on the uh, horizon now. You know, I think the numbers are very small, so it's kind of getting I think a more reporting than you would expect for for the level of infected people. But again, you know, I think this new media (laughs) or this, you know, this new heightened concern for illness due to the pretty significant impact that COVID-19 had on the globe, really in all sectors. I think, you know, it's definitely not unreasonable for people to be concerned about any potential new vaccines that could be a threat to, you know, people's way of life. So let's talk about, again, some of these, uh, you know, financial windfalls of these companies that have really made as a result of the pandemic and you know, Pfizer has been one of the biggest uh, winners, if you will, if you can say that, but um, Either way Pfizer is, is a company that has actually done a pretty good job as far as creating products that have been deemed effective In fighting some of these um, infections, especially when it comes to COVID-19 They're actually the makers of the pit that the medication I just described, Paxlovid um, and uh, they were able to get a lot of attention and approval because of the, the really strong um, research results that they were able to achieve in their testing. So they also were um, felt to have made the best variant, of the best vaccine um, for the COVID-19. And uh, it's believed that their vaccine had the, you know, best um, success rate as far as producing antibodies, as well as giving, um, you know, the least amount of side effects and so forth compared to others. So you know as a result Pfizer's done exceedingly well um in their um in their in their company and uh they have really made um I think their last uh report show that yeah it showed that revenue for the company in twenty twenty one alone was eighty one point three billion literally double what it made in twenty twenty. So um big numbers for Pfizer I mean billions and billions being made behind their response to the pandemic, and of course, the top sellers were the pneumonia vaccine. They also um, did um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of money was made behind their cancer drug, eye brands, right, and then their fibromyalgia drug, known as Lyrica. So, all those are their big winners for Pfizer, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, showing you that you know sickness is big business and. Uh, you know, some people are definitely making uh, uh, exceedingly high amounts of profit. Now, of course, you know, capitalist economy, a uh, profit is something that's part of the deal. But you know, unfortunately, sometimes sometimes it can be the driver of agendas. So that's the only reason why I focus on this. So we can know exactly what's what's going on. But that being said, uh, Pfizer is doing exceedingly well. But one thing that was reading some of the um, the meeting um, uh, notes of the recent, um, I guess, um, Pfizer. Uh, Uh, meetings where they talked about some of how the company was doing and they're actually using you know the way you know politics is responding to the covid pandemic to kind of let the investors know that look guys based on what we're seeing you know covid 19 is going to be big (laughs) going forward and we expect to do even bigger numbers than you know we anticipate based on how people are behaving it's really really crazy that they're i mean it makes sense because you know they actually mentioned directly That here's a statement I'm going to read it. As societies abandon other efforts to control COVID spread, such as mask mandates and physical distancing, Pfizer's profits prospects look even brighter. Especially now, the company has bought out the first, the brought out the first oral COVID treatment, Paxlovid. So, in a nutshell, the the Pfizer execs are saying that listen, you know, people are you know abandoning the masks. They don't want to wear masks. They're just in this talking like none's going on there. They're in here just rubbing and touching on each other. (laughs) physical distancing is kind of being forgotten about. They expect COVID numbers to, to surge and that means the profits will surge with them. So in a nutshell, these companies are banking on people ignoring medical advice and they're gonna laugh all the way to the bank. So when you see a commercial, you know, mocking the latest medical recommendations or, you know, somehow ridiculing doctors or other people, you know, recommending things that may be helpful. Keep in mind there could be the agenda behind it. Someone may be making money by you making a bad decision. Now that being said, I'm not here trying to attack Pfizer. I think Pfizer is a very good company. They actually are probably one of the best companies when it comes to researching and creating effective drugs. And the COVID-19 pandemic really put the pressure on these companies to really, you know, buckle down and create something effective in a short period of time. And uh that takes a lot of skill. So you know I'm not here to knock Pfizer. But that being said, Pfizer is making a lot of money and they are spending it in the government. So they're definitely influencing what's going on as well. So it's very important we keep that in mind. Ultimately, you know, the best thing you can do to help yourself stay healthy is to take care of yourself and to reduce um, chronic illness. That'll help, you know, reduce um, the severity of illness you do have if you do get COVID-19, guys. So, um, so yeah, so big business is being made. Pfizer is winning handily. And yeah, so, um, you know, Um, that's the, that's what's going on out here when it comes to this COVID-19. All right, guys. So the next story, we're going to talk about the weekend warrior phenomenon and new research showing that weekend warriors may be getting almost equal benefit as far as health benefits and reduction of overall mortality. The same benefit that people who are regular, you know, um, gym goers, or they work out regularly, being like every other day or three, four times a week. Um, it's pretty interesting. So there was a study that was recently done where they looked at some data. Now, this was a, a large study. They looked at 350,000 adults, like so quite a bit of people. So 350,000 adults who self-reported physical activity to the U.S. National Health Interview Survey. This occurred from the year 1997 to 2013. So it's like the 350,000 people survey results between 1997 and 2013. And so they looked at these people and they pretty much saw those who died um, you know in about you know people who died in this group of people at 2015 so they looked at those people who reported how many people died in those who reported you know physical activity levels of certain categories now what they did is they had people self-report their physical activity levels and they divided them into different the various groups right one group was physically inactive that means less than 150 minutes per week right that's considered lazy okay or not and you know, not do what you need to do. So less than 150 minutes a week or physically inactive, right? Or physically active, greater than 150 minutes per week. Right? So um, those who were, so really two groups, if you were inactive, meaning less than 150 minutes a week, or you were active, greater than 150 minutes per week. And then they further broke down the groups, the active group was further classified by the pattern, right? So the 150 minutes a week or greater group. And they looked at those who were, you know, weekend warriors, meaning one or two sessions a week. So only on the weekends they worked out, but they got that 150 minutes in, right? Or those who are regularly active with three or greater sessions per week. Meaning they worked out like an hour a day, five times a day or whatever, five times a week or whatever. And they looked at basically all cause... um, outcomes in in death all causes of death including heart disease stroke cancer all that right so what they found was that those who worked out greater than 150 minutes a week weekend warrior or or regular you know workout uh, warrior uh, regular workout participant um they actually had almost the exact same levels of benefits when it came to um mortality or death right it's pretty fascinating. So you know, if you just worked out on the weekends, you pretty much had the same protection from death as far as risk of dying from all-cause mortality. Um, it was the same for the weekend work groups and the regular workout participants. Now, both of those groups did far better than those who were inactive or did or did very little, you know, physical activity um, for for the week. So, so one part looked at men actually who had a regular physical activity pattern versus those who were inactive. And it showed that those who were active had a 36% reduction in all cause mortality. Uh, again, this includes heart attacks, cancer, uh, and other ailments. So um, just really amazing stuff how you know just a simple weekend warrior kind of workout style, you know had the same effect long term. As those who go regularly. Now, if you're someone who's a bodybuilder, someone who's like wants specific gains, um, professional athlete, for instance, I mean, you clearly can't do the weekend warrior thing. Now, unless you're like you know, Allen Iverson from back in the day, <laughs> or old school Carmelo Anthony for my basketball fans out there, um, you know, they want to kind of slack on the workouts. But hell even or you can argue James Harden, but we won't get too <laughs> deep into that. But ultimately, weekend warrior health benefits are actually pretty good. So. Um, you know, I personally like a regular workout pattern it kind of helps build the routine. And one thing about Weekend Warriors and why this actually been frowned upon is that if you're not regularly, you know, moving your joints, stretching those ligaments, there's a high risk of injury, uh, especially if you're out here doing really aggressive, intensive physical activities, you're not warming up properly. Um, people tend to get injured and tear things, rip things a lot easier. So, if you're weekend warrior, make sure you're make you know you're doing your stretches, you're hydrating, getting your body in the best possible shape, so you can avoid injury. Because that's really the best thing. Because if you do work out heavily and you get injured, you're going to be pretty much bed bound, and you'll probably lose those gains you've been uh, killing yourself to gain. So, um, ultimately, you know, this is good news for weekend warriors. That being said, you still want to make sure you don't you know overdo it or hurt yourself in the process.
0: Thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast and radio show. For more information on ways to get healthy, please check us out. www.anchor.fm forward slash HW Connection. Here you can re-listen to the show, check out older shows, and even further support the show by becoming a subscriber to the podcast. Please check us out today. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash HW Connection. And also, don't forget to follow Dr. Barry on Instagram at drbarrymd. Until next time, stay healthy.